0: Hi everyone, welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. everyone. Well Mara, we got some sad news this week. John Riley, best known to GH fans as Sean Donnelly, passed away at the age of 86. Now as you well know I started watching GH in the early 80s so I was around for his Port Charles debut and you know he was always such a great character like very James Bondy if you will you know those were the WSB DVX spy years and action adventure romance was really the name of the game then uh you know plus he and Tiffany had this great romance they were fun to watch and really like not your average fare for the time Uh, And then he popped up as Kelly Taylor's father on Beverly Hills 90210, a show I adored, as well as assuming the role of Alistair on Passions. So, you know, he really, like, made his mark across the dial. And uh, never mind starting on As the World Turns. uh, But, you know, it was really so great to see the outpouring of love for him on social media. Um, You know, that's really such a bonus, I think, of the world we live in today that you can get, you know, like, instant reactions and condolences, but they don't feel dashed off, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it was really nice to hear from people he worked with back in the day, like Jack and Christina Wagner, Fanola Hughes, and Tristan Rogers, and Kimberly McCullough. Um, now, I don't know if anyone listening has, as I do, really vivid memories of seeing pictures of John in sub with his adorable daughter, Caitlin, when she was a little girl. But I had no idea that she grew up to be the same Caitlin Riley who has become, um, like a TikTok and just generally viral social media sensation over the last year, who uh, has these sketches she does playing characters like the annoying coworker in your Zoom meeting and you know vapid actress who's writing a book and so on. She is wildly talented, and I see so much of her dad in her. So if you're on Instagram, she's at Hi Caitlin Riley, uh, and I recommend giving yourself a giggle by checking out her content. Um, But I was a huge Sean Donnelly fan. I I loved Sean's relationships, not just with Tiffany, but with Anna and Robert and like the spy side of things, as you were saying. And let's not forget uh, Sean's steamy fare with Monica Quartermain, by the way. Oh, right. Um, And we did get word this week as well that G.H. is planning to honor John and his contribution to the show with a special episode that will air in the spring and that the writers are in the process of crafting. So that's definitely going to be cannot miss. We will for sure be tuning in for that. Now, in other soap news, if you're a Days fan, you will need to tune in to next week's episodes. We will finally learn Gwen's secret and why she has such an ax to grind with the Devereux family. So I talked to Gwen's portrayer, Emily O'Brien, for this story, who admitted to me that, you know, she's aware that there are some fans who maybe aren't the biggest Gwen fans, but she hopes that once we learn more about her and why she's come to Salem, we'll look at her a little differently. Uh, Emily also told me she doesn't really read message boards or posts, but she's gotten some comments on her social media, and, you know, so she kind of has an idea of what the fans think about this. And it, you know, really made me think about how hard that must be as an actor when you're just playing the story written as best you can, but, you know, the fans don't really love it and let you know. You know, I imagine it takes some inner strength and, you know, major self-esteem to, like, keep on keeping on. And, you know, back to the comment I made about social media and its immediacy, you know, this might really be, like, the flip side of that. Yeah, it's no fun getting bashed online, you know? Um, I think it really does require, like, a strong sense of self to not be affected, at least not much. Uh, By the opinions of people who don't really know you, you know, I I will never as long as I live Understand what compels people to tag actors in negative and or bullying tweets and posts about them or their work Uh, But it is a deeply ingrained facet of our social media culture, and I don't expect it to change unfortunately I recently had an interesting conversation with Marcus Coloma, who plays Nicholas on GH, uh, for a feature that's coming out soon in the magazine. And he was saying how when he first came onto the show, you know, he comes on like eager to do a good job, wanting the fans to like him. And from the vantage point he has now, having done the job for over a year, he can understand how it was, you know, challenging for fans to A, adjust to a new face as Nicholas, and then B, the character did not actually, uh, exactly like blaze back onto the canvas in a heroic way. Um, but he said that, you know, being uh, exposed to the way that viewers were feeling in such an immediate way, he really had to get comfortable with not being liked and to learn to see the value in being the pot stirrer. And I think he and Emily O'Brien would have a lot to talk about uh, on that front if they like ever crossed paths. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think the best advice is to just not look at all, because, you know, for every good tweet, you're going to get a bad one. But, you know, I think that's kind of hard. And it really is just rare that all viewers are happy all the time. And at the end of the day, that's actually what keeps this medium interesting and going. Now, another story that has fans divided is the on-again, off-again romance of Bold and Beautiful's Brooke and Ridge. I mean, this is a tale that dates back to the very first episode of the show in March 1987 and still has legs today. Um, You know, I give such credit to the show's executive producer and head writer, Bradley Bell, for his ability to find new and inventive ways to split this duo apart and bring them back together, you know, digital frame anyone? Uh And certainly to their portrayers, Katherine Kelly Lang and Torsten Kaye, who make these characters and this love story just so compelling. Um, I am a huge bridge fan. You know, the last time I was in Los Angeles, which was November 2019, crazy in and of itself, um, I actually had the privilege of watching scenes being filmed on the B&B set. And it happened to be some emotional breakup scenes with these two actors. And I think you will recall that I was completely awestruck watching them in action. I mean, they were both just so great and did such an incredible job selling the emotion, even though it really wasn't new territory for them necessarily. Yeah, I I think the. Of them are exceptional. And I am really uh, impressed so consistently by the depth and the sincerity of the emotion that they bring. You know, Kathleen uh, Kelly Lang has been one of my favorite actresses in this genre for decades. I, I think she is such a star, and BB is incredibly lucky to have uh, had her talent to showcase all these years. You know, I was Team Brooke from the get go, by the way. Uh, I remember when Ridge had to decide. Which woman he was going to marry, Carolina Brooke, and he chose Caroline, and I was mad. <laughs> uh, you know, there's something about her that has always made me root for her, and that continues to this day, so sorry Quinn, sorry Shauna, you do not get my vote. Uh, big ditto over here, <laughs> and lucky for us, our guest today is one half of the duo we're discussing, it is Catherine Kelly Lang, who plays Brooke, so let's check in with her and get her thoughts on her b experience and more. Hi, Kelly. Hi.
1: How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Hanging in there. Thank you so much
0: for joining us.
1: Thank you. Such an honor.
0: Yes. We are so happy to talk to you. Um, We are going to go through the life of Katherine Kelly Lang. uh, And we are going to start that you were born in Hollywood as the daughter of an Olympic ski jumper and an actress. So what was it like for you to grow up in Los Angeles?
1: That's all I know. So (laughs) to me, it's normal. Um, and I've had, you know, I've lived around in different places, but mostly LA and I've traveled a lot, but I, you know, I like LA because it has so many things that it offers. And of course, being the center of the entertainment industry and growing up in that, doing commercials and, and, uh, eventually TV and films. So it's just been a part of my life ever since I was really young. And that uh, seems normal to me.
0: Well, it is normal to you. <laughs> um, so you attended Beverly Hills High School, which is like has such a long list of celebrity graduates. What were you like in high school?
1: Well, during my eighth grade, I moved up. My mom moved me and my brother and sister up to Carmel because my dad had passed away from, car- from uh, cancer. So she moved us up there. She's always had a little house a cabin up there in the woods. So we went up there and we lived there. <laughs> And I went to high school there from 8th grade to 11th grade. Then I moved back down to, to Beverly Hills, went to Beverly Hills High. So my last year was in Beverly Hills High. So honestly, changing schools at that point was really horrible. And I had about maybe one friend, one guy friend and one girlfriend at Beverly Hills High. And I knew some others. I think Patrick Cassidy was in my class that's all I really remember <laughs> from anybody else who would have been in the entertainment industry. But I moved back down because I told my mom I wanted to move down and become an actress, even though I did already did a whole bunch of commercials and print work and things like that. But I wanted to come down and start doing films and TV. So right when I graduated high school, I got my first film. And it was with Patrick Swayze, Scott Bayo, a bunch of people uh, from the 80s, because it, uh, it was late 70s when I did the film. And it was just the start of my career, basically, as far as being an actress in TV and film. Now, that was Skate Town USA. So how did that come about? And what was the experience like um, on the set of that movie? I got the film, believe it or not. I mean, it's funny because right when I graduated high school, I was trying to find an agent, trying to find a manager. But I happened to fall into this film because I was dating the guy who got the lead part. So he brought me down to the set one day and they hadn't finished casting the film. And we started skating around because it was a roller skating movie. So we started skating around and they saw us together and they said, who is that? And so they read me, they decided to read me and, and I ended up playing my boyfriend's love interest and it was kind of like the, you know, love interest of the movie. And it was Patrick, I played Patrick Swayze's sister. But the way it all came about, is like being in the right place at the right time. And sometimes that happens and you got to go with it, right? <laughs> so I'm like, wow, I can't believe how easy I got this part. <laughs> and uh, of course, it wasn't that easy from then on. But the first movie I got was, uh, I pretty much fell into it. I got the role. I was so, so, so nervous being on set. There was a lot of stars, a lot of big people, a lot of producers, and I was just a quiet, very quiet, shy girl. So when I would do my lines, my voice, because I got so tight right here in my chest, my voice would go up like this. (laughs) It would be talking with a little voice. And I swear, a lot of my lines ended up on the the cutting room floor, because I just couldn't relax and say things properly. So I did a lot of skating, a lot of looks, you know, a lot of little lines here and there. And so it was a good experience. And I just loved it. And from then on, you know, trying to run around, and hit the pavement, going on, on interviews and meetings and readings. And it was a lot harder than I thought. And you can go on 30 interviews and not get any, you know, you just can't give up. If that's what you want to do, you have to keep doing it. So in between, I'd get jobs as a, as a waitress or, you know, cutting food in the kitchen. Or one time I got a job at a bagel shop and, and in the first week I almost cut off my pinky finger. So (laughs) they fired me. I mean, you know, interesting jobs like that. I cleaned a house for a while. I worked in a clothing store. Uh, You know, it was, it was an interesting time.
0: Well, you actually made your daytime debut not too long after Skate Town USA when you had a a short run on Young and the Restless playing the character of Gretchen. Uh, What do you remember about that experience? Do you remember who you interacted with on the set or worked
1: with? Yeah, I was early on. I think I was 18 years old. And it's funny because when I moved back down here and I lived with my, my mom at first, but then I also moved in with my girlfriend. My girlfriend and I used to watch Young and the Restless every morning and I was hooked on that show. I'm like, this is really interesting. (laughs) And every day I would watch Young the Restless. And then I got a part on Young the Restless. So I kinda knew who everybody was, what was going on. So it was really kind of easy to fit in. And they hired me for like a summer type character. And it was a love interest for Donnie, is it Ramalotti? So Michael uh, Danny Danny Ramalotti. What's his name? Danny. Danny Ramalotti. Yeah, so uh, it was to play his love interest, but they hired me kind of as a bookworm. Like they'd put big skirts on me, big baggy sweaters, just flat hair, glasses, and carrying my books around all the time. So totally typecast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But then, of course, by the end of it, when I met him and we became friends on the show and then we became kind of like a little bit of a love interest, then they had me, you know, take off the baggy clothes and put on the slim ones and poof up my hair and take off the glasses and all of a sudden... You know, it was his date for a while. But uh, so that was fun. I actually loved it. I loved the whole way they shot it. I loved the camaraderie. I loved the feeling of the family and I loved the stories and I fell in love with it, honestly, and I'm sure doing that for that that little bit of time I did, I'm sure inspired me to do the the Bold and the Beautiful.
0: Well, in between that, you did do a bunch of different projects from TV movies. You did an episode of Happy Days, and then B and B ultimately came
1: along. Had you tried out for any other soaps in between? Why R and B? Uh, well, I did. I really wanted to get a series or do films. That's what I really wanted to do, like nighttime series. I did a ton. 80s shows and guest star stuff you probably won't even find it on the internet but I did a ton of guest star work and all those great shows you know um, oh my god crazy like a Fox uh, Magnum P I riptide happy days uh, I, I don't know. It just went on and on. I did Lonesome Dove for a season. I did. I mean, I did so many different things. A lot of B films, which just I don't mention because they <laughs> didn't turn out so great. Uh, and Skate Town, which was my first film, and then. I went on an interview. They said, oh, there's a soap. It's going to be a brand new soap. And it's here. It's at CBS in Los Angeles. You won't have to go live in New York. Because I tried out for a few New York soaps. And one of them I turned down because I like I just didn't want to move to New York and live there. And then... Um, so when this one came along, this hour show, which I thought, oh that's good. Half hour in Los Angeles. Okay, I'll go on it and see. And I did the first reading and then they called me back. I did another reading and then they said, We're gonna put you on tape. And so you have to sign the contract before you actually do a test on tape. So I had to really think, do I want to do this or not? And then he we said, well, I might as well. But it scared me because the first contract was for four years. And when you're young, four years sounds like forever. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, gosh, four years of my life. Okay. Okay. Can I do this? And so I did. I signed. And then I went and I did the screen test and they hired me. So it was really exciting. It was really exciting because it was a brand new show. You get to kind of develop your own character from scratch, you know, and so that was what was really fun about it. I loved everybody that was involved, and the storyline just kicked off with a bang, you know, and it was just, it's been a blast ever since. I mean, obviously, I'm still there, you know, here, 34 years later.
0: It's amazing. And we're so happy that that's how that went. Uh, <laughs> what do you remember about like meeting Ron Moss, who you ended up working with for such a long and storied run?
1: Well, he's just like, you look at him and he's just, he's just gorgeous and tall and very stoic and you know, had this like charisma to him in this class. And he just kind of owned everything. Like, you know, he like owned his position. And his he, he just, the first time I met him, it was just like, wow, very nice and very nice guy to boot. So um, I remember meeting him and Susan and John. Oh, and John did the, the screen test with me. So that really helped because he made me feel at ease and super comfortable from the get-go. And I believe that he helped me actually get the part by doing the screen test with me. So I I just thought, oh, this is a great group of people. This is going to be so much fun. And... Uh, And Joanna Johnson, too, in the beginning. It was just so much fun.
0: Now, in the beginning, that Ridgebrook-Caroline triangle was so dominant. Um, You know, what stands out to you? And why do you think
1: the audience connected to it like it did? Uh, (sighs) Well... First of all, it was so glamorous. You know, the sets in the beginning, it was all very magical. The sets, the being based around the designing, you know, Forrester creations, and being based in LA, uh, I think was really interesting to people in Hollywood, Beverly Hills, and the rich people from Bel Air, and then there was the poor family, you know, the Logans from the other side of the tracks, uh, working class and just barely making it and struggling, and so then you have the rich couple and the duo, and then the other one you know coming into the picture, and it gives such such a dynamic
0: mm-hmm. totally. Um, Well, because Brooke was so involved with the Forrester men, uh, then as now, uh, she very quickly crossed paths and uh, rankled Ms. Stephanie Forrester, Uh, but who knew, you know, the way that the Stephanie Brooke relationship would end up evolving over the years, but when you first began working with Susan, were you intimidated by her at all because she's just
1: such a force? (laughs) Actually, no. No, I wasn't. Uh, I think she was as excited to do that storyline as I was and to have to be rivals. You know, we you need that in a story. And that was the the beginning that just went forever. So we were rivals forever. And then of course we'd come to a point where we had finally understood each other and that we just wanted the same things. They, we wanted our families and our children and ourselves to be happy. And, and so then we kind of reconciled, but then we, we fell out of that again, but, you know, it was just an interesting relationship and people started saying the real true love, love story on the show is Brooke and Stephanie. (laughs) It's because, oh, it was just so interwoven for so long and the feelings, the emotions were always so high. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Now those early years and for many years after that were really marked by these wonderful, you know, location shoots and outdoor scenes. Um, Brooke's first marriage on the show was to Eric. Um, You had a great on location wedding complete
1: with a hot air balloon Um, Do you remember anything about that day or the day of taping? I do. I do. They said, oh, you're going to go up in a hot air balloon. I thought, oh, that's cool. I've never been in a hot air balloon. So I was very excited, but they put me and John in and there was hardly any room in the basket because the guy, not to be seen, he had to squish down with the camera inside. So the man, the cameraman, the big, huge camera, things squished in there with us. And I think it may be even a sound guy. Um, and John and I, and it felt like we were being pushed out of the basket. So up and up and up and up we went. And I was shocked actually to how high we went. I mean, we went so high. It wasn't just like, let's go float up there a little bit. It was so high. And I think it was so high because they wanted to get the perspective from the cameraman shooting down from the balloon which was incredible. You could see all of Palm Springs. You could see all the mountain ranges. We are way high above everything. And then there was a helicopter going around us, getting all of that footage. And we were so high. I actually thought at one point we were just going to float away. And they would never <laughs> find. <a bed. laughs> oh my God! It was it was very exciting, and turned out to be a beautiful show. Mm-hmm. And then we went galloping. Once we landed, then we got on the horses and went galloping through the desert to our tent that he had sent up, set up very romantic with the lights and the fire and the dinner and the champagne. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I was
0: such, I was such a Brooke Eric fan. I just was so happy someone like helped her heal from Ridge. I was very invested.
1: Yeah, uh, oh,
0: he was to <laughs> play that part for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, Brooke and Eric begat Eric Jr., a.k.a. Rick, and your son actually played Rick when he was very young on the show. What was it like to have him on set with you?
1: It was kind of nerve-wracking. Uh, at first, I remember Mr. Bell asked me if I'd like to use my son on the show. and But he was a newborn, and it was my first son. And I'm like, Uh, I don't know I'm not sure I'm nervous about bringing him around other people or other people holding him so I said no at first so they, they brought in another little baby and I'd be holding this little baby and looking at it and I'm like, after a while, I was like, this is stupid. My baby's sitting over there, <laughs> you know, down the hall, my dressing room, and I'd rather be holding my baby than this baby that I don't even know. So I, I went back to Mr. Bell. I said, you know what? I changed my mind. <laughs> Once later, I said, I changed my mind. I think I would like to use my son. If that's all right, would you, would you mind? And so he said, no, of course. Yeah. Let's use your son. So. He worked on and off, you know, every once in a while. They didn't use him a lot, but it was fun to see him. And now I look back and see the shows from like an infant to like um, him as a little toddler and starting to even speak, I think, in a few of them. And then I finally said, that's it. I remember there was one scene, it was very dramatic. And then also it was hard to start kind of keeping him on the set. He'd always just want to wander and go play. And like, you know, I don't know. I just thought it was enough. And then they aged him to be... Eight years old, and hired another uh, child actor, Steve. I can't remember his last name, but I remember when they aged him up. Mm-hmm. But it was fun, you know, and it's nice, nice memory. And it gave him a nice little bank account that he bought his first car with. <laughs> Bonus for sure. Yeah. Uh, now another love triangle that was huge on
0: the show um, in the you know earlier years compared to now was Ridgebrook and Taylor. Um, so tell us about that and working with Hunter Tylo.
1: Well, that was, of course, a story that went on and on and on forever. And you thought, how long can this go on? How many different scenarios can they come up with, with these three people? But it it seemed to work. It it kept on going, even to the part where they actually, um, Taylor died. And we all thought she died, but she didn't really die. So that that was... So then Ridge and I ended up back together. And then when she comes back, Ridge and I were back together, but she was alive. So oh my gosh, I thought I was seeing a ghost. But there so <laughs> many different stories between the three of us. And that was a great triangle that lasted really honestly forever. It was amazing. Um, it was fun. We all had a fun, fun time together. We had a lot of laughs, and uh, it was just, uh, it was a very exciting story. So,
0: of course, Brooke went on to uh, marry Ridge, I believe, eight times. Uh, I feel like there's 11 marriages in total or something nutty like that. Do you have a favorite Brooke Ridge wedding or wedding dress?
1: Well, there were so many, like you said, <laughs> that I forget. <laughs> Uh, But the ones I really do remember are, are of course, number one, because it was the first time she was marrying the love of her life. And it was such a princess type wedding where, you know, the dress was even a princess dress. And then riding onto the beach on the horse with the dress down the aisle with everybody there with the waves crashing in the distance and the seagulls overhead and then saying our vows to each other with the sun shining on our face i mean it was gorgeous it was a beautiful wedding so i really remember that one a lot and then there were a lot more that weren't maybe as spectacular but of course to Brooke they were just as special um There was another time when we got married on the beach in the same place, and Ridge really just wanted that to be very sentimental because that was the first time we got married there. So that other time, which I don't know if it was the fifth or the sixth time, (laughs) we got married in the same place. Um, So, yeah, those were... Those were some of the memories I have.
0: Well, in spite of Brooke and Ridge being such a through line for you, uh, you have had an array of other leading men on the show, some of whom have even had a last name other than Forrester, uh, such as Jack Wagner's Nick and, of course, Don Diamond as Bill. Uh, Not to put you on the spot, but do you have a favorite non-Ridge pairing that Brooke has met in?
1: No, I mean, they're all different, and they all bring something different to the show and to our characters, and maybe it helps our characters find something else within ourselves. So I think they've all been different. Jack was a lot of fun, you know, playing the story with him. It was fun because we had amazing sets. We had this set that was an island that we'd go to and make a fire and sit around the fire and he'd play his acoustic guitar and sing. And and then we'd have a lot of scenes on the boat. Forget the name of the boat. Oh, it was so funny. It was just kind of shady Marlin. Yeah. Shady Marlin <laughs> We had so many scenes on the Shady Marlin, and I loved it because it was like really funky boat, you know, but we had some great things there uh it just brought a different aspect to the show and and then it changed a little bit because they started making his character like running one of the fashion companies, which totally changed that whole thing, but I liked it when he was the sailor, you know. <laughs> That was fun. And then Don, of course, is fantastic and fabulous. And he brought in a lot of strength and power and oozes sexiness and all his charisma. And, and so Brooke, of course, fell for all that, right? <laughs> uh, they had a very wonderful relationship. He was very supportive. And they were, even though uh, Bill likes to be like the bigger boss in any kind of relationship, (laughs) equal to me. So I really liked that relationship. And if he wasn't married to my sister, Katie... I would have to say I would love to see that explored more.
0: Well, speaking of your sister, Katie, I think the Logan sisters are such a force on the show and we love their dynamic. Uh, So tell us about your experience working with Jennifer Grace and Heather Tom as Donna and Katie.
1: Well, first of all, I love them both as people. We're all really good friends. I love to hang out with them. And if anybody, like why you hang out with them the most out of anybody else on the show. So it feels like we're really sisters. I mean, I feel like when we hang out outside of the show, it's the same as when we're doing scenes in the show. We have that connection. We have that camaraderie. We have that sister bond, for sure. And we're all very different characters, which I love, too, because it's just when you see us all together, we all have our different points of view. But we still come around together and still love each other no matter what. And Katie still loves Brooke, no matter how many mistakes she makes, always forgive her and we've all got each other's backs. Mm-hmm. Um, now back in 2012 there were some big changes in the B&B
0: universe. At that point you, Jama, Cook, Susan and Ron were the four remaining original cast members and
1: then Susan and Ron both made the choice to leave the show. Do you remember how you felt when you knew that they were leaving? It was all just very shocking. I mean it was like uh, and I it was Susan said she was going to retire. She was saying that for years, actually, but then it finally came down to, you know, and every time she said say that, I, I think, oh my gosh, I think she's really serious. So I'd like prepare myself, like, how's it going to be without her here? What's it going to be? And when she finally said, that's it, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving, like, oh gosh, I knew I was going to miss that relationship and the, the stories that the characters had together, Um, and also miss her because we've developed a good friendship and I see her and I still see her and talk to her, uh, but we would see each other outside of the show and stuff. And I love her and I respect her and I've learned so much from her. So that was devastating. And then Ron, of course, announced that he was leaving and that was just, um, it was all too much. (laughs) It was awful. I remember doing the scenes that day with Ron, we were supposed to be getting married. Um, And I couldn't stop crying. I mean, I was like in the scene. So I thought, okay, I'll have to make it happy tears. Like Brooke's just really happy that she's getting married to Ridge for the umpteenth time, right? (laughs) But I was crying because it was like these two major characters and people in my life were leaving the show. And I knew it'd be different. It's hard to keep in touch with people that aren't there in your orbit every single day. You know, you can do it. It's just a little bit harder with everybody's busy lives and stuff. So, um, it was sad and it was a change, but you know, life is about changes and about just going with them and seeing what happens, making the best of it. And, and, uh, yeah, that was the, my feeling I had.
0: Well, when we had you and and John together on the podcast, it was very clear what a warm dynamic the two of you have. And it's remarkable in this business that you have worked together for over three decades at this point tell us, uh, what comes to mind when you think about your relationship with John?
1: I do always feel like I'll be connected with John somehow. I mean, even if I don't see him for a while or if I don't talk to him for a while and then I see him, I feel like I've seen him every day. You know what I mean? Like Nothing ever changes. That relationship is very steady, very secure. Him is a person, he's so, so, so supportive, so kind, so caring, so compassionate, always wanting to know how you're doing, hoping that your life is the best and uh, you know, I love his family. I love Lorette, his kids. I mean, amazing, amazing, very talented man with his music, with his acting. And I'm happy he's still here. I don't want him to leave either. (laughs) I want him to stay here as long as he... Can and wants to um, because that and I would love to have more scenes with him. Mm-hmm. I wish Brooke and Eric would develop more of a you know a friendship on the show where they can actually confide in each other more and have more of the deep discussions and things. Especially they since they were married and they share children together. Mm-hmm. Um, so would we actually
0: um, <laughs> now in 2013 the show recast Ridge with Torsten Kay. So at
1: the time were you at all trepidatious about how it would work with a new Ridge? Uh, yeah. I- I didn't want to think too hard about it. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, it didn't happen too fast. Thank God Brad waited. He's like, waited for a year to recast, which is a good choice. To me, you don't want to recast too soon because it's just such a shock. So a year later, it was time for a rich to come back. And when he came back, it was Torsten and Torsten's totally different. You know, they're both very different people. Uh, they, they look different. They act different. They talk different. They have different personalities. And, but that's better, almost better than trying to find somebody that is just like Ron. Cause you'll never find that, you know? So, they went kind of more, he's more tough and gruff and, you know, the man kind of thing. And, and so he brought a totally different element to Ridge, you know, maybe he's not as, as soft and cuddly and, and loving, but he does, he does have all that. He has all the different sides to him that make him a real human being and that people can actually, you know, relate to. So, and Brooke too, and he brought, it's brought different things out of their relationship. It's still on and off. (laughs) always on and off which uh, cracks me up but it's still so nice to to be able to reunite with the rich character so i think it's important because there's so so much history there and i just think that history will continue
0: I think the two of you are really fantastic together i didn't know lightning could strike twice but i think it has <laughs> So you just came out of this big story arc where Shauna was the thorn in the couple's side with a little help from Quinn, and now your characters are back together, but of course dealing with the never-ending drama emanating from your children (laughs) on the show. Uh, Where would you like to see the Brooke character go from here?
1: Well I love all those stories that Brad wrote, you know with rena and and denise and so and having the rivalry and trying to find another rivalry that will be good and last for a while, you know, kind of keep that story up. that is really good for Brooke to have, and so I did some of that with um, Rena's character and with with denise and Shauna. And that's fun. My kids, always being involved in my kids' lives, I should be, and I'm glad that I am. And whatever's going on with them, whatever kind of drama that they're dealing with. And that's been a lot of my story lately. I have found myself wishing to see Brooke be able to do something more of her own, something for herself, you know, maybe come up with another company or get more involved in, you know, forest Creations or do something. I find her just randomly in the office sometimes. I'm like, what is she doing there? What is she working on? I just feel like, here's here. She, she's just kind of there in the office helping Ridge or, whatever or being a mom and and all that's fine but sometimes i just wished she had her own story that she had to deal with with yeah, something she developed I belief i mean she I me ahead of the curve on the anti-wrinkle stuff hated <laughs> a lot of things she was a chemist she created belief the uh anti-wrinkle clothing and then she started remember the men's line taboo With Thomas, they did that together. She, of course, came up with Brooke's Bedroom and made that a hit. That was brought in a lot of money for Forrester Creations. I mean, she's done a lot. I wish she could do something else like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, away
0: from the show, your own plate is so full. Not only are you an entrepreneur, you're a new grandmother, um, you are a triathlete when you can do it, and you travel a lot. So first, tell us about your other business endeavors both your caftan line and your new store, Benhart?
1: Well, I started my caftan li- line like eight eight or nine years ago. I can't remember how long it's been. I think it's nine, maybe nine, 10. I mean, I got together with my caftan partner and we talked about it for two years before we actually went ahead and did it. We're like, finally, like, we got to do this. We're either going to just talk about it forever or let's just do it. So we started little by little and just kept building. And now it's still there. And when I met Dominique, my I call him my husband, even though we never signed on the dotted line, but he's my husband. <laughs> and he said, why don't you guys do more with this? You should do Home Shopping Network. And I thought to myself, uh, I don't want to do Home Shopping Network. But then the more I thought about it, I like, why not? So we got the Kaftan line in a lot of different home shopping networks. We even got it over in Dubai. Um, We're talking about doing it in Paris. We got it in Italy. We did that for a few years and we got it in Australia and we're still in Australia. It was too much to do everything else because you have to be there. So I go to Australia, not right now because of COVID, but... I normally do four times a year to do the Home Shopping Network with the caftans. And I still do it, but I do it over Zoom. So I do the live air shows over Zoom and Skype. And I still sell over there and it does really, really well. And that was really a good business opportunity. So we're still doing that. We're still doing the online website for the caftans, which is Catherine Kelly Lane Caftans. And then last year, Dom and I opened up a store called Ben Hart in Beverly Hills. And it's all Italian handmade leather goods, like shoes and belts and purses and wallets, jackets. Just the most amazing style. We met Ben, who is the creator, in Italy. We went into his store. We fell in love with everything. We became friends with Ben. For two years, we'd go back and forth and see him and talk to him. And one day, uh, Dom and Ben started talking about us running, doing his store in Beverly Hills. So we talked about that and it was like, we couldn't even stop the ball from rolling. You know, like once the snowball starts, it just keeps going and going and going. We couldn't even stop it if we wanted to it was going to happen. The store was going to happen. So we just kind of like, okay, this is happening. We better just go with it. And Dom and I opened up our first brick and mortar store uh, last December. So last December was our opening. We loved it. It, We started off really well. And then a few months later, COVID hit. So we had to close the store for two months. But Instagram. kept us going. Even though we had to have the store closed, we go in and we started our Instagram lives and we started selling every single day for hours on Instagram. It was kind of like doing home shopping network. So we thought, okay, well, this is what we have to do. We got to keep the store going. And now still today, even though our doors are open, we're still doing daily Instagram lives to sell because nobody's shopping really. Nobody's traveling. So they're not coming in the store, but they are shopping online and through Instagram and Facebook. So we do that every day. Knock on wood, we're still going strong, and it's something we really enjoy and we really love to do. You make me feel so lazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I've always been a person that likes to have my hands in a bunch of different things at once. I get bored if I'm just doing one thing. I need to have a lot, a lot of different things going on. Um, and how is your expanding family? Oh, the family's wonderful. My daughter has a two and a half year old and then a baby who's nine months, 10 months, and they are adorable. And it's made her so, so, so happy. And she's such a good mother, even though she's a young mother, she is an amazing mother. And sometimes I look at her and I'm like, my gosh. I she's like she seems like a better mom than I was <laughs> back then. I mean, she is so attentive. So, I of course was a working mom. So, she just she's not working really. She just gets to be a mom. So, I think she's able to spend so much more time with her babies than I did when I was working on the show and doing everything I was doing and having the kids too. But um but I love it. I love the grandbabies. I mean, it's something different. It's not like having your own. It's like something like you can really, really enjoy them because you get to give them back. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you get to enjoy those sleepovers in those two hours at the park. And, and then you don't have to worry so much about it. And you give them back to the mom and the dad. Yeah,
0: that's really, that's the key thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like really incredible to think about the fact that we're coming up on 34 years, your 34 year anniversary as Brooke Logan. What does it mean to you to have achieved such longevity as well as just such a, a lasting and enduring popularity with daytime fans in this role?
1: Well, it is amazing. It really is. And it's all the fans. I mean, without the fans, we wouldn't be here and it's definitely the writing and the producing and the acting and the everybody working on the show behind the scenes i mean it takes such a huge group effort and everybody wanting it to be great and everybody doing their best and thank god we've got an amazing group of people working here and and Brad for writing these stories day in and day out for 34 years and you know, along with his, his dad back then, but now it's just Brad. I mean, that's a lot, a lot. I can't even imagine. So I give so much credit to them and then just getting the stories and the fans still loving the stories, no matter what it is. I mean, sometimes, yeah, they'll complain like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. Or sometimes they'll love something that's going on, but that's, you know, the ups and downs of the show and it can't always be super, super exciting all the time but they hang in there. They've always hung in there. I talked to so many people that say they've watched the show since day one. I mean, most of the people that I talk to, yeah, say they've watched from day one. Now that's incredible. I mean, I have to say that's incredible. So kudos to, to everybody working on the phone. Beautiful. Kudos to Brad and and thank God that my character is still in there. I mean, I would be there forever if I can. I mean, it's just, it's just so much fun. It's a great job. And the fact that I am still able to have the time to do maybe another part on another show, do my store, you know, work my store, work with the clothing lines, train for my triathlons, you know, do, do different things like that and spend time with family. It's just, it's truly an amazing job to have.
0: Well, in spite of your busy schedule, we really appreciate that you were able to carve out some time for us today. This was so much fun to take a look back with you
1: and um, do it again soon. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. Yes, let's do it again soon. And, and happy 2021. <laughs> <indeed>. Happy 2021 <laughs> to you, Kelly. Thank you so much for your time today.